What's up, everyone? This is Justin Gordon from Vitalize Venture Capital, and welcome to Talking Venture, a show where you'll learn how to build and invest in startups, featuring interviews with startup founders and operators, angel investors and venture capitalists, as well as deep dives into a variety of aspects of the startup world from the team here at Vitalize. On today's episode, I talk with Gail Wilkinson, the managing partner here at Vitalize, going through equity splits and founder agreements, two very important things for early stage founders. Let's dive in. So one of the things that I'm always curious about, I know other founders are as well, is equity splits. Let's talk about equity splits. To start with, is there anything that's kind of like top of mind around what you typically see for how founders should split up equity or how they should think through that process? I know you've talked to so many founders before. Anything around that that'd be helpful for, for founders out there? So if we take um, a, a scenario at the very early stage, a founder is just starting their company. And um, I think the first question that they have to figure out is, are they going to be a solo founder? Are they going to have a team around them, team of founders? And, you know, I think a lot of VCs are going to have different answers here. I personally prefer to see two uh, founders, but sometimes one can work, sometimes three can work. Anything, excuse me, four or greater tends to be too many too many people around the table to start a company. So let's let's take the example of two founders. Um, ideally, these two individuals are um, are both adding a lot of value, but oftentimes there should be one person who is the primary founder and they'll have a little bit more equity. Um, they might have put a little bit of founder capital in, they might have done more work up front, or they are able to add a little bit more value than the other founder, whatever the reason is. Um, they might have uh, 55% of the equity to start and the other person have 45%. And you also have cases where you've got a solo founder and they might say, all right, I'm going to keep to start 85% of the equity and I'm going to have 15% that I give to some early team members. And it really just depends on that at that initial formation stage, how many people are involved in the company in terms of splits. But I think the the key things to remember um, are keep it to one, two, or three founders and make sure there is a primary founder in the event that you have two or three. And then once you start bringing on additional team members, you know there will be small equity grants. Um, if it's really early, it can be restricted stock. But if it's after financing has happened, that would be in terms of options that are, that are given. And it's usually just a couple percent for the, your, your first few hires. And it goes down from there. All right, let's dive deeper because I have more questions. So with that, you said it a little bit. You mentioned the 55-45. But what are some factors that might go into that in terms of you said maybe someone put some capital into the business. But what are some of those other factors? Because there's no way we're going to be able to hit every situation. But what are some th- things that could make one founder have a little bit more equity than the other or things you've seen previously? So let's say, Justin, that you started a business um, while you were at USC and um, you were like, I want to start, I want to start um, a, a podcast platform with a cool tech enablement that helps podcasters do really great work. Um, and you had an idea, you had the idea to do this. Um, you did a bunch of research. You want to be the business ops person. And you meet up with uh, another colleague of yours who has a computer science background. They love what you're doing. They're also interested in podcasting and they want to co-found the company with you. But you might have been working on it for three or four months. And so your agreement is, all right, Justin is going to be 55% and the co-founder will be 45%. Because a few months is not a ton of time, but it was, it was your idea. Um, you brought him in. 
And so you're the primary person. This is your company, but he has a massive or she has a massive stake in what's going on because you really view that person as an equal. Um, so, so I see this very often. Now, there are times where you might be 50-50, and that's fine. But you have to talk to your co-founder, like, who, who has the tie break? And that's going to be your primary founder. So it's fine if you have 50-50 equity split, but you have to realize that if something goes awry in a big way where you're not getting along, whose company is it? Or if things you know, don't work out over a small decision and you know, Justin and his co-founder are trying to figure something out, is it Justin's answer that's going to go forward or is it the co-founder? And it has to be, it has to be um, decided up front and put into a founder agreement at the very get-go to prevent issues from happening down the road. So what if these founders then, they haven't created the founder agreement? I know when I was talking to a few different founders, one at USC, like they didn't really know about that even, that they had to have that in place. If they don't have that in place and these issues arise, then, I mean, how do they, how do they handle it? Or how do you suggest they handle it at that point then? Well, please consult your attorneys because <laughs> I am not qualified to give this, but I will say that this happened to me in Illinois. Um, I did not have a founder agreement. There was a question about how to move the company forward. And I mean, it was only six months in, right? So it was very early, but still there was value there. And yeah. the Illinois law states that if you do not have an agreement, the state views you as 50-50 equal partners. And, and in that case, then you have to mediate and try to figure out how to move forward um, to negotiate some, some sort of solution. Um, and so to preempt that, I always suggest you have a founder agreement in place if you have two or three founders working together because you never go into these things expecting thing, anything to go south. But um, I yeah. would say at the early stage, founder dynamics are the number one cause for companies to not move forward. In that founder agreement then, so what are some of those key components of that? I mean, for people who aren't familiar, especially you know, first-time founders who haven't gone through this before, they have no idea what they don't know. What are some of those aspects of the founder agreement that are kind of most important then? Once again, consult your attorneys. <laughs> However, it's not legal advice. It's not legal, legal advice. advice. <laughs> uh, I think the most important thing is to just outline what is expected. Um, you know, are you working full time? Are you working part time? Are you contributing capital? Are you only contributing sweat equity? What are the the splits in terms of ownership of the organization? Um, you you may have a separate restricted stock agreement that that shows what your stock grant is or your share ownership is. And that will typically come with a standard vesting structure. I think you could probably combine all of that into the founder's agreement, but um, you also might see that the restricted stock is separate. And then your founder agreement just effectively lays out, you know, anything else that you want to stipulate up front. You could even say, if we have a disagreement, this is how we handle things. Um, as forward looking as you can be about what happens if things don't go well is going to be really helpful for for both of the founders um, in the in the event that things don't go the way they expect. On that note as well, in terms of the equity and splitting that up, and obviously the founder agreement as well. I mean, there's there's different incentives there where you obviously want to make it fair so people are working hard for the company and everything like that. But I remember hearing uh, listening to the podcast startup by Gimlet Media and the founder I think it was. Alex, I want to say his name was, and he had started the company and he had already gotten some progress, but he wanted to bring in a key person as a co-founder. And he was thinking the dynamic would be like, I think it was like 70, 30 or like 80, 20. And the guy came back and thought like, I was thinking like 60, 40. And there was this whole episode around how much of a rift that kind of put in them early on. How do you either talk to founders about that or 
help them negotiate that? Or what would you even say if they're, if they're really far apart on that dynamic? I mean, they would have to figure it out eventually, but anything that could be helpful for them in that process? I, my suggestion too, and this goes back to you, you've got a primary founder. It's the person that's bringing on a co-founder. So you go to your, your primary founder and um, I would advise that person to um, you think about what's important to you. And it, it really goes to, to standard negotiation skills. So what, what are you looking for? What value do you hope to, to generate from this relationship? And ha- be really clear on that. And then, you know, my, my particular negotiation strategy oftentimes is to ask the other person first, hey, what are you expecting here? Like, what's fair? And, um, you know, if somebody were to tell me 40% they, is what they wanted from an equity split and I thought 20% was fair, that's okay. But I, I need to have a reason why okay, let, let me tell you, Justin, why the 40% is high and here's why. And I think 20% is fair because of this. And then you, you just go back and forth and try to come to an agreement. And if you don't, that's okay. It's not a fit. Because it, you have to find a, a, a fit in terms of values and um, alignment for strategy and vision in a co-founding team. And if you do not have that, it is destined for failure. Hey, Justin here again. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to learn more about us, head on over to vitalize.bc. You can also follow me on Twitter at justingordon212. Have a great day and I'll talk to you in the next episode.